This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. To a Celtic state of mind. My name is Laura Bradburn. It's Friday, and I am joined as always by Tony Haggerty. How are you, Tony? I'm very well, Laura. Yourself? And the wonderful Jim Orr. Jim, how are you doing? Fine, Laura. How are you? Not <clears throat> too bad. Uh, another another week at Celtic, and as far as things have gone, relatively unfortunately quiet week news wise. We keep uh, we keep hoping for this announcement coming, but nothing is uh, is is near. Uh, 
being finalised by the looks of it, although there does seem to be some movement in the background, but we'll get into that a bit later. The first thing I wanted to talk about today was, uh, for anybody who hadn't seen it, um, if you subscribe to a State of Mind YouTube channel, you'll get other Celtic content, other football content and other non-football content. But if you were watching on Wednesday night, um, Paul John and Natasha Miko hosted a, a, a kind of town hall open forum uh, sort of live broadcast with... Uh, contributors from various um, podcasts. Uh, I think Andy from Four Tims in a podcast was there. Um, Hamish from 67 Hail Hail was there. There was there was a few contributors, but they were there to speak to uh, the Celtic Trust and Celtic Shared around the um, sort of movement that is going on with Celtic Shared and Celtic Trust around <coughs> trying to um, get some shares from, from the club either as compensation for the lack of perceived value for the season tickets this season or just as part of a, a share issue to, to allow fans to be more involved in the club. Um, Jim, I'll come to you first on it. Uh, as somebody who is not uh, very well versed in finances and, and and my dad might even say not very fiscally responsible, um, <laughs> uh, could you explain to us a little bit well, yeah. Could you explain to us a little bit about what your understanding of, of this whole movement is and, and what the point of it is? I think for anyone tuning in, I need to say that every week Laura gives us homework. So this was her homework <laughs> for the week. Go away and watch a two-hour podcast. Uh, so we did that last night. <laughs> uh, do you want the, the short 10-second answer or do you want the two-minute answer? Oh, two-minute answer will do. Need to fill this up somehow. <laughs> two-minute answer. Okay. I, th- I, think, I, think, I think the first thing is to say that and well done to Paul for, for hosting it in Axel and well done to Natasha for facilitating it. Uh, I thought it was a bit cluttered, to be perfectly honest. We often a lot of tangents and uh, people talk about individuals that are involved and in Celtic Trust, Celtic Shared. The Green Brigade are partly involved. So people were, and there was a lot of stuff in the chat room about why well, I'm not getting involved if they're involved, etc., etc. But for me, I think there was three distinct areas. One was the club's decision making. Uh, second, the club's communication, and third, fans' representation. So in terms of the club's decision making, it's been really poor for the past few seasons. I think we'd all agree with that. And this season, it's been appalling. You know, things like Dubai, as an example. But we've covered that extensively. Uh, I can't believe the club didn't do some sort of scenario planning last summer, to where the fans would be back at all games, no games, some games. And if they assumed that nobody was going to be coming back, what would be the options? And one would assume that they did do some planning to say, well, if the fans didn't come back, we've got two extremes here. Give them nothing back or give them a full refund. And we're never going to do either of those two. So the answer is going to be somewhere in the middle. So what did they decide to do? We've got no idea because they don't, because their communication is really, really poor. So we don't know what they've decided to do. And if they have decided something, they haven't told us. You know, so that's eight months ago. They still haven't told us. And they could have surveyed the fans. You know, they could have given the fans a few options. Did you want to actually vote on this? What do you think Think yourself? And I've said in pods in the past that uh, you have to view Celtic as a public limited company. You know, and the example I used before is they're no different to me than something like Amazon, right? Because their job is to make as much money for the shareholders as possible. That's their objective. That's not our objective as fans, but that's their objective. And without going old Kevin Graham eh, on you, I'll give you an analogy that if you bought a six hundred pound TV from that you in that day and said, "That's out of stock," eh, we'll give you your six hundred pound back, or 
We've got another TV that's worth a couple hundred quid. We'll give you that plus your money back. What do you want to do? And that would put the choice back to you. And that's solved within a day. You either get your money back or you get something and, some, and the balance back to you. What did Celtic do? This is a stock. You can't come to the games and, you, and, and, and we'll now give you a stream. And that's it. Eight months ago, that's what they told us. And there's been no communication in that eight months. So I've no idea what's actually happened with this. So what we have here, Tony, is a failure to communicate. That's a quote <laughs> from a famous film. Name that film. <laughs> yes. So what true. do we do? So what do we do as fans? Because actually we've got no representation. You know, uh, uh, they, they haven't spoke to us and we don't really speak to them because there's lots of different organisations who purport to represent Celtic fans, Celtic Trust, Celtic Shared, affiliation of Celtic fans, etc, etc. And no matter what anyone says, it'll be the usual that they don't speak for me. You know, Paul John Dykes doesn't speak for me, Natasha Michel doesn't speak for me, but there's the Celtic Trust have come along on Celtic Shared and said, here's a wee idea about this. And that's all it is. It's just one idea to say that. How about if you're going to compensate the fans, give it as shares? Because that's a win-win. It doesn't cost the club any money at all. And that's all it was. It's just an idea. Why don't you give the club, sorry, why don't you give the fans shares? And once they've got those shares, they can then sell those shares. What value you put on that? You know, that's for another debate. And I can spend another few minutes talking about that. But to me, it was a very simple thing. It was just, is getting shares back as compensation a good idea? And in my humble opinion, it's a very good idea because it's a win-win. It doesn't cost the club any money and fans will get shares in return. As long as, as, long as those shares have, have value and those fans can exchange those shares for money. And I know that <clears throat> the majority of the 50,000 plus season ticket holders lot of don't deal in shares. So give them a guide as to how you sell these shares. Here's some shares. Here's how you sell them if you want to sell them and you'll get some cash back. Uh, so that, that's, that's my very simplistic view of what happened the other night. I think there was a lot of interesting points raised, and I think I think like what Jim says, um, we can get too caught up in who the people are behind it, and 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 that kind of thing. Tony, I know we've had a discussion, but I'll I'll say what my situation is on on that view of things. You know, the, the Green Brigade are at pains to say that they are not driving this, and it's not really a Green Brigade fronted issue. But I, I, personally, my opinion on that is that. Uh, you know, they've used their profile as the Green Brigade to get a backing behind them for Celtic Shared. And, and so you can't really, it, it would be very hard to divide those two two bodies. Um, and I do think that that's going to be a barrier for getting momentum behind this movement. Because there are there are fans out there who, who like, like Jim was mentioning, that, that whole issue of, you know, they don't speak for me and certainly the, the Green, Brigade, Green Brigade don't speak for me it is going to be a barrier to people getting involved and getting behind this movement. What do you think of that, Tony? First of all, Cool Hand Luke was a film. The failure to do <laughs> well that, man. Yeah. Well done, that man. Like my pal Newman. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I like the way Jim broke that down because I've got to be honest, I started to watch it and do my homework like the good schoolboy I was and I found it all very dry. As Jim said, tangent and... People are going off at tangents and, you know, I, I think a lot of Celtic supporters might have got lost in that. The room could have been lost very quickly. I get the idea behind it. I get the kind of premise behind it. And as Jim broke it down there to me in simple layman terms, give the fans shares 
and let the people decide if they want and give them a guide how to keep them or sell them. But let them get some monetary compensation or recompense on this. And I think that's fair enough. Because as you and I spoke of, Cameron, we said, if people want to buy Celtic shares, they buy them. But there's only a certain amount of people mm-hmm. that can do that, mm-hmm. you know, because they have the money to do that. And whilst the Celtic share and the Celtic trust, I'm not, I think there are issues and, uh, sorry, the issues that are raised and what they're trying to do. The idea is as sound as a pound, you know. So um, I'm with them on that. And if, I'm with Celtic supporters that want to try and get shares, but the ideal world is you get enough shares to get representation on the board. I just think that's never really happened in Celtic history. And then, as Jim said, who who becomes that person? Celtic Trust, Celtic Share, the affiliation of Celtic Sport. How do you then narrow that down to one person sitting on the board? You know, it's an, it's an ideology, which I think we spoke about before, which I just don't think will ever come to fruition. But I'm not against the, the trust of the shared boys and any other Celtic supporter acquiring shares and doing with them what they will. It's, a, it's up to the individual's concern. I think that's, I don't think the other think, night was all about. Sorry, Laura. I think. No, sorry, I don't think what the other night was about was getting people to join the Celtic Trust or Celtic Shared or anything else. It was just about here's an idea. Do you think this is a good idea? And that's why I said earlier that could have been an option that the Celtic Board back in you know October, November could have said, "What do you fans think?" Because I, I, I get emails. I must get four or five emails a week from Celtic asking me to buy stuff. You know, so it'd be quite easy for them to have said in October, November, a, 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 a wee bit of customer service to say it's, it's unfortunate. It doesn't look like we're going to get back into the grounds. We're looking at some options here. You, the fans, what do you think? Here's option one, two, three, four, five. And one of those options might be having shares. And I think the other night was all about saying, do you think it's a good idea, guys? It's a good idea. It's a one-one. Did, did, yeah. did they actually buy a share for 640 quid, Jim? <laughs> No yet. <laughs> no yet. No yet. I, I think I think Jim raised a good point. Um, <laughs> I think Jim raised a good point when he was talking before about the about the options that 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 haven't been available. You know, I, I heard some people saying, you know, if 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 you didn't want to pay six hundred pounds and potentially not get into a game, then just don't pay the six hundred pounds. But there's a lot of issues going to that. People are emotionally attached to the season ticket that they have, they've maybe been sitting in the same seat for years. Uh, they don't want to lose that seat. They thought potentially they might get back in. And also, all it would have taken to put that whole conversation to bed, like you said, was for Celtic to come out in September, October last year when it was looking more clear that people wouldn't get back into the stadiums and say, listen, do you want a refund? Do you want shares? Do you want... like How can we refund this? Because as we've spoken about before... Um, the the added value that they talked about has not has not been significant in terms of the quality of 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 the output and things like that and what's been available. But I, I don't know, um, Jim. Do you think do you think that there would be a massive uptake of shares if they did come out and say specifically that is how they're going to refund fans with the season tickets? No idea. The whole point is just asking them. And just mm-hmm. the point you made a minute ago there about fans are saying, well, it's up to you to buy a, uh, a £600 season ticket or not. The reason they're making the comparison to somebody like Amazon, is that what you would say to them? 
You don't have my yeah. £600 TV, therefore it's my fault for giving you £600 and you've given me a £200 TV and ignored me. Would you accept that? You wouldn't accept that. And that's what the Celtic board play on at times. You know, and I totally understand that there's no way that Celtic could refund all the money. And we keep talking about £600. Let's just call it, you know, because I'm paying £600, let's just keep on the £600. So in terms of season ticket revenue, it must be around about the £20 million mark when you take that off the thing. So £20 million at stake here. If you give half the money back, then there's a £10 million hole. Nobody wants to see Celtic having a £10 million hole because we want a good manager and a good team and we want all this kind of stuff. So it's a bit of kind of, we understand our situation. If it was Amazon, we couldn't care less if they went bust tomorrow because it's, it's just getting my TV in here. So you have to, that's the way the board think about the fans. And the fans have to kind of think, hold on, there may be messes about here. So I totally get, I mean, I, last year was, uh, they eventually offered a refund last year. And I took the refund, it was £120. And on the same day that that happened, the SFA announced they were taking no further action on Resolution 12 issues, right? And I then spoke to somebody who I knew was involved in the Resolution 12 to say, I've got my refund back. If you want any financial help, I've got 120 quid here. I'm happy to put it towards something like that. So I understand people. Nothing to say also to the fact that this has been a horrendous year for people. You know, people, I mean, I'm in a very fortunate position. If I don't get a refund, I don't get a refund, I'm not that bothered. But there's going to be people who have bought two or three season tickets, who invest a couple of grand, who may have lost their jobs, or members of the family don't have the money. And people making choices about buying season tickets, that's the first choice. Can they afford that? Forget who the new manager is and forget getting refund all that kind of stuff. Some people can't afford to buy a season ticket. That'll be the main thing. And all I am looking for is for a bit of customer service, right? If I'm viewed as a customer, then treat me like a customer. Don't don't ignore me. And I can send emails to John Paul Taylor, et cetera, et cetera, but what you need actually is some representation, and that's what the Celtic Trust have done. You know, and I said to somebody, you know, back in October, November, shares would be quite a good idea. And a few months later, the Celtic Trust have taken up the baton. They could actually do something about that. I couldn't. As one fan, I couldn't say, oh, by the way, give us some shares. But the Celtic Trust, I've got, you know, people behind it. So it's a good thing we've got some sort of representation. People might not like the Celtic Trust, might not like the idea of it, might not like the people involved. But all they've really done here is to say, here's an option. As I said, it's not about joining them. It's about saying, here's an option to think about. You know, it's no more than that for me. Yeah, Tony, I think... <laughs> I think Jim raised a really interesting point there. Um, I think the club um, will be aware to some extent that they have people over an emotional barrel, if you want to to put put it that way. Um, th- it's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I was going to come and say. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I do think that they're they're playing on that at the moment, not being clear on what what the situation is with the season tickets, knowing that people will do anything that they can to continue having it. Unless, as Jim says, they're in the very unfortunate position that the pandemic has hit them in the pocket or or they, they don't see the value in paying for something that they're currently not getting anything out of like that. I, I've said this before. I think this was the season to treat the Celtic supporters as fans, this season in particular, because they've been let down by the board big time this season. They deserve something, but it's just a general malaise. They're out of touch with the fans now. And as Jim says, they're going to come back and treat you like a customer because that's what they always do. They, they don't see you as a supporter or a fan. They see you as a, a customer base. That's wrong from the start. And that's one of the first things I would have readdressed if I was Dominic Mackay or any PR team. You've got to get the emotional heart and solar Celtic back in the, course of, in the core of those fans. You've got to win them back. So one of the first things you would do is offer refunds or shares to those who bought season tickets last year and give them that option, whether they want a cash refund or they want it in the form of shares. And I think Jim's right. It's given them a choice, but you have to turn around and communicate that to them. And they could have done that a long, long time ago. You know, and it's just, as I say, it's just a real general malaise and a, a total breakdown of communication with everybody. You hope things can get better, but this is the way they're going to treat a customer base. They still don't know who the new manager is and they're going to be asked to fork out 600 quid for want of a better figure, as Jim says, for a, for a season ticket, not knowing who's going to be taking them into the next season. They're going to get the renewals falling through the door as early as Monday or Tuesday. People are saying, ah, correct me if I'm wrong, or, or as, as soon as that possibly. You know, I just think that's a scandalous way for any business, but any football club to run their affairs, treated the Celtic supporters like dirt this season, you know, and, and and they're hurting. And a lot of people will have lost their jobs during this pandemic. They're due something. They're just one a form of communication and they're due money. If they want the money, they should have that option. Or if they want the shares for that emotional attachment or to feel emotionally involved at their club again, then offer them shares. But this is the time when the Celtic board in particular just play on everybody's emotions and say, right, how much are you going to give us? How much do you love your club? Are you going to renew again? And some su- supporters will have fallen out of love with Celtic at various points this season. And, and there's going to be taking some convincing to get them to come back on board or to renew their, their season books. Most people just do it automatically. But a lot of people will be having second thoughts. Totally. Well, I said back in October, Laura, when the, when the first podcast was on, see they had a plan. If there was a plan in place, what they would have said would be, and these are kind of rough figures, that for every game you miss, we'll give you 15 quid back. Because you're paying on average about 30 quid a game. So if you miss a game, we'll give you £15 back. right? And that puts the value uh, of watching the game on TV at £15. And then put the game in pay-per-view and try and get 50,000 other Celtic fans in the UK and Ireland to sign up for the season on pay-per-view 15 quid. And given we're going for the 10, I'd imagine we'd have got 50,000 other fans happy to pay 15 quid a game. And I'd make up for the shortfall. I keep everyone happy. You know, with the guys that paid their season tickets, they're getting 
15 quid back and the ones who want to watch the game because there's been loads of people in the early part of this season haven't had the chance to watch the game now I know the season has turned out pear-shaped but if you go back to August and September we're all dead excited about this season you know and if you don't have a season ticket there's a Celtic game on you'd have gladly paid £15 to watch it in pay-per-view that's a plan that's a strategy that's a vision but to put your head in the sand and also you'd have noticed during the season other clubs fans have come on and said we'd like to watch the game today from Parkhead from Celtic Park we can't watch it it's not in pay-per-view so they've lost those customers as well so there has to be some sort of vision some sort of plan you know I know uh, I just you know ran over I have moaned enough <laughs> and it's only they're 20 minutes they're in they're, minutes. Always, they're always reactionary they're never visionary you know we're always reacting to something you know, we've spoken about this on pods before. They're always reacting to losing the yeah. title. Or, you know, there's no vision. There's no three, five, seven-year plans. There's nobody constantly updating you, telling you where they're going, where they see themselves in such and such mm-hmm. uh, or such and such a time. It's never been like that, which is why they end up in the state they're in right now. I, th- I think I think that's an excellent point. Like I think the relaxation of the the media embargoes, as far as the airing of games is concerned, over this season and what looks like going to be next season as well. How somebody with a business head on them at the club couldn't say, not only is this a chance to reward the season ticket holders that aren't able to get to the games, this is a chance for us to make a bit extra money off people who wouldn't even be at the stadium anyway. I think that yeah, would, that would be one last point, sense. Laura. Yep. Maybe one last point on this. People have said the value of the stream is ninety pound, and they're basing that on if you get a Celtic TV subscription abroad, it's one hundred and eighty pound for home and away games. Think about that. For one hundred and eighty pound, you get every single Celtic game, and usually there's you know high fifties, maybe maybe sixty games a season. One hundred and eighty pound for sixty games, three pound a game. Yeah, I know I'll not be very popular with overseas fans. Three pound a game. If you're overseas, if you live in New Zealand, it only costs you three pound to watch Celtic. That should be that, ten pound at least. You know, that's just even this season that would have been overpriced, Jim. <laughs> okay, notwithstanding this season, but you know, you're not you're not offering. I mean, I know you can't offer fans in this country because of, as you said, Laura, there's restrictions on that. But if they did offer you, imagine only having to pay three pound to watch the Celtic game. That's yeah. sh- shockingly undervalued. You know. Yeah, I think there's there's plenty of there's plenty of ways in which they could take it forward. Um, But uh, we'll 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 see what happens. Thanks everybody for making your comments on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We are live. As I said before, you can subscribe to a state of mind on YouTube, and you can see all the comments, uh, all the content. Sorry, um, from a state of mind, we've got. An ever-expanding uh, list of shows, uh, football and non-football related for you to get involved with. And there's, I think we averaged uh, last month something like three shows a day or something like that. So we are really up in the content and it's lots of really high quality stuff. Um, but we will move on to the next topic, which is... Um, I, I was uh, watching the output from Celtic this morning, the interview with John Kennedy. Um, Tony, I'll come to you first on this. I, I get that the, the old adage is and the, the cliche is that he speaks very well. I, I read the quotes and perhaps it was because he was reading them rather than listening to him say them. I felt he was talking a little bit... I, I think he talks very um, politely and 
you know, confidently when you hear him speak. But when you see what he's said written down, it's, it's a lot of football cliches for me. Sort of stuff about setting your stall out and being organised and and uh, trying your best and whatever the other cliches are. The team that scores think, the most wins. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of thing exactly. You know, we we would have won if we hadn't conceded more goals than the other team. Do you do you think that uh, as time's going on, I'm, I'm maybe setting you up for an unfair question here, but that. Maybe, maybe his limitations are becoming more apparent, at least in terms of what we're able to see through the media. Uh, it's, it's possible. I also think that maybe in the back of his mind he's been told that you know he's not getting the manager's job and he might not be at the club next season. So I think you know body language people are, would have a field day with those kind of things. You know, study it and his answers, you know, because what you've said to me there, because I haven't heard or read what you said yet, uh, it strikes me as something... That... <laughs> 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 well, it's maybe something that someone has gone through the motions now. Yeah. You know, just kind of, okay, this is it, we just, with another game, okay, well, all right, it's Rangers. But if you're talking about he's given it set or stall out and all that, you know, if you want a wee bit more than that from your Celtic manager. You know, you want a wee bit more kind of knowledge as to how we're going to try and set about Rangers and stop their uh, unbeaten league record so far this season. You know, you, you, you'd want to know a wee bit more than that. But uh, as I say, I, I've not heard or, or, or read what he said, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's dead rubbers now, isn't it? Although the one on Sunday isn't a dead rubber because Celtic have got some, both sides have got something to play for. And you'd like to think Celtic could match Rangers in that game. If that's what's coming from the manager, then does he fill you with any great confidence that the players are going to be lifted or, you know, battering, kicking do- hinges off doors, you know, and punching walls before they go out on that park on Sunday? I hope the, the opposite's true, but I, I just, uh, from what you're saying there, I, if if he's just shrugging his shoulders, it sounds as if he's just been through the motions a bit, and I don't particularly like that. I still want a rallying cry from a Celtic manager going into a Rangers game on Sunday if he's speaking to the press. You know, some kind of soundbite that makes me think, all right, cool, we're certainly not giving up the ghost. Yeah, I think it's a, I, I, I think it's a fine line, Jim, to be balanced between, you know, how much do we expect a manager to say without giving the game away, so to speak, before the game. But I, I'm, I'm in agreement with Tony. I... I and I know, it, I mean, the comments only came out about half an hour before we came on air, so that's that's why it wasn't part of your homework assignment. That would have been too, too, too much to expect. But so you're not marking down for that, then. Good, okay. Good. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I'm a, I'm a fair teacher, I have to say. Um, okay. No, but I, I think he, um, I, I think he's probably been trying to to straddle the line between giving too much away and, and not, but. What are your thoughts as time's going on as what you've seen from him? Because I know you've said before, we don't really know what he does, we don't really know what he's good at. What What are your opinions of him as time is going on? I think you've asked a few questions there. I think the first one was about <laughs> what, he's, what he said. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect much from a manager before the game. There's only so many things you can say and you just have yeah. to repeat yourself and, it, and it's some, it, it just seems silly if you keep saying the same things. So I think this game is not a dead rubber for the fans. I think it's a dead rubber for the team. 
Uh, I don't think the team have anything to play for. Uh, all this talk about trying to stop them unbeaten season, the players aren't bothered about that. You tell me yeah. Edward's bothered, of course he's not bothered. So that's the issue I have about Sunday. Well, yeah, they should be. They should be, but they don't. They don't. I think they've got their own agendas in here. And the thing I said like last week or the week before is, unfortunately, because we've taken so much time to appoint a new manager, the man who's in place just now has got a different objective to the club. If I'm John Kennedy, I don't need to do anything daft. I don't want to affect my CV. I don't want to go there on Sunday and get an absolute doing. So I'm going to be cautious. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll come to the team soon enough, but I'm sure he's going to play virtually the same team as he played last time, maybe with like Saltman left out, because he wants to, know, to not, not do anything silly. Whereas maybe you or I would be saying, well, you know, what should you do? Don't play Edward because he's chucked it. Don't play this guy. Don't play that guy. Play these guys. That's not his objective. His objective, I think if he comes out with a nil-nil on Sunday, he'll be perfectly happy with that. And the players will go yeah. through the motions. One or two won't. Maybe you're Scott Brown because the chances are he will play Scott Brown. He won't go through the motions and two or three others won't. But for the, if you're, you know, John Joe Kenny, if he plays, are you bothered? I don't think they're that bothered. I know for us, it's not a dead rubber. We want to win the game. Uh, but I just think, from a John Kenny point of view, I said before, I think he's been quite clever. I think he's made some incremental changes. We've had a better shape about us. We've made tons and tons of chances. Uh, the last game we played, you know, we made five or six brilliant chances, not half chances, brilliant chances. We take our chances, it's a, it's a, it's a different game. I we think we've done okay. Yet. I don't think you should be. Sorry, oh. you go, Tony. As you say, we didn't take our chances, oh, that's the point. You know, it's. I still think that. I don't know, uh, maybe. I guess everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I just still thought they played poorly at Ibrox, you know? Well, this this is where I'm well, going to put the question to you. So I, I, this is where I'll put the question to you. Then um, we but we all know we spoke about Lee Griffiths last week, uh, and you guys had a different opinion from me. Jim, I'll put it to you first. If we're going to take our chances, even I will concede the best chance we have of taking our chances of having Lee, Lee Griffiths up front. Would you play him from the start? For me, he, for me, he's the first name in the team sheet on Sunday. We you agree on that. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. He wants to go to the Euros. He's somebody. He's actually somebody who would care. He won't see yeah. that as a dead rubber. No way will he see that as a dead rubber. And there's maybe another three or four, maybe five players round about him won't see it as that. If Edward plays, you're going to get the same performance you got last uh, week past on Sunday there. You get the same performance. Because if you're Austin Edward, again, I think you have to put yourself into the players. Austin Edwards is a few weeks away from possibly a changing move. There's a 50-50 ball. You going to go for it? I don't think so. I'm not saying that's what should happen. I'm saying that if I'm watching Edward, maybe that's the way I'm thinking. You know, this season's been a complete write-off. Been a waste of time. Do I want to get hurt this Sunday? No, really. That's why I wouldn't play him. That's why I played Lee Griffiths first. I would play people who are going to be here next year. So no John Joe Kennys and no Laxalts, uh, no Elianusis, uh if James E. Forrest is fit, brilliant. If he's not, I'd take a gamble with a young, young Dan Bailey. I mean, there's no way we'll play him, but I would have a gamble. On you go, go for it. But, but I'm not the manager. And from the manager's point of view, I think he wants to play safe in Sunday. And as I said before, if he gets out with a nil-nil, he'll be perfectly happy. And I can see him playing both Scott Brown and Sorrow on Sunday. You know, maybe going, maybe maybe matching their formation. Because that's quite a low-risk formation. Just, you know, don't lose. Try not to lose any goals. Don't lose any goals and get a nil-nil. I think that's maybe how things are going Sunday. I know I'm jumping a little bit. You were only at... 
It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. That one, no, no. Keep you've got. I think that's possibly, yeah. And what? For those for those reasons you outlined, also and Edward should shouldn't be anywhere near a start on Sunday. For the fact that he'll Correct. just go through the motions and he'll know and he, he might jeopardise the move, which is why I would want Lee Griffiths. He'll chase balls into corners, he'll hit them from anywhere. The minute he picks up the ball, he's, the first thing's on his mind is, Can I get a strike away here? Left, right, at the angle, yep. it doesn't matter. He'll just start he, he has a shoot on sight policy, Lee Griffiths when he when he gets yep. the ball anywhere near the goal, which I quite like. I've always liked that about him. And no, and quite a high percentage of them end up in the net because he's quite accurate. You know, and he also takes a great set piece. Watson Edwards' set pieces of late have been, again, a guy that's gone through the motions. If he gets it up and over the wall, great. If he doesn't, so be it. Lee Griffiths is pretty deadly from set pieces. So I think you, you, you've got to sort of turn around your John Kenny and say, right, it does matter. It should matter to the players as much as it matters to the fans. You know, because the Celtic, Celtic supporters are, quite rightly, have this invincible tag that they earned under Brendan Rodgers, they don't want Rangers to come anywhere near that. You know, and they've all called themselves invincible if they go the, the the whole league season unbeaten. You can argue the toss about the two cup ties, but Arsenal are called invincible because they went a league season unbeaten in England, so it's usually Oh, a come on, Tony. We, we won't get drawn into a petty squabble about what we call each other and what's real and what's not. We would never do that. <laughs> but that's, that's just going to happen, isn't it? You know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know, so if, if, honestly, if Celtic don't go out there and give their all on Sunday, then I would be asking questions. I'd be asking questions to the managers and the players. Because they have to show something. It's the one time, it's the last chance for them to actually do something this season and, and give a bit of payback to the supporters. Because they've let them down the whole time. So go out in Ibrooks and give your all. And if you're John Kennedy, pick a team of players that will give their all, which means the likes of Edward doesn't play, John Joe Kennedy doesn't play, Laxalt, Elianusi don't play. I, I agree with you there. Pick a team of guys that think, OK, if anything, they'll play for that for 90 minutes and, and go and attack Rangers and go, go and get a victory. Well, Tony, this was something I was going to say to you. I was going to get your thoughts on it. Um, Celtic Bible tweeted out, the goals from the 5-0 win three years ago 
And one thing that stood out to me in that video was, um, I think it was Tierney coming down the left and he was about to cut the ball back, but the, the goalkeeper was out of the goal. The, the defenders were all over towards where the ball was coming from. And Rodjic was standing at the edge of a bo- edge of the box with a, an open goal in front of him, screaming for the ball, jumping, waving his hands, and we were already 3-0 up. And obviously, eventually it got to him and he, and he swept in. Now, before anybody in the comments says, I'm saying we should play Rodjic, I am not saying we should play Rodjic on Sunday. I'm not play- saying we should play Laxalt on Sunday. I'm not saying we should play anybody on Sunday in particular with this. But what I was going to say to you, Tony, is what stood out to me there was somebody desperate to score a fourth goal in a derby match. Yeah. We can't. We don't even seem to have a team that are desperate to get ahead of the, in the derby match. You don't have. You don't have players that can score a goal in a derby match. <laughs> We've scored one in what four outings this season. Four. Yeah, four. Scored more for Rangers than we have for ourselves. I think. Yes. Well, there you go. Right. We had the ignominy of a derby without a shot on target, a shot at goal in the first one of the season, which is unheard of. Which is again another reason why Lee Griffiths should play. Because if you take those four games or five games, Lee Griffiths will have more shots on Sunday if he plays than those five games put together than any of the Celtic attackers. That's a fact. Because he just, that's his game, that's what he does. So, yeah, yeah I agree with you completely. They, they have to go out and be hungry for it on Sunday and play the, and, the, and show that it means something. I, I, again, I jumps into his opinion. I, he's saying, do they care? They have to show they care. There's a new manager possibly watching them as well. Some of them. You know, so go and show you care. Or other guys might know who the new manager is, so they might want a word with them to see if they have a future at the club. But show you care. Show that you care as much as the fans. That's I've been banging about all season because it's certainly been evident that you haven't. You know, so you've got one chance, one chance to kind of make your name this season. And as much as anything else, you have a chance to register a victory that people will remember. They'll remember it for two reasons, that they stopped Rangers' possible <clears> invincible <throat> season. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's if that can't motivate any of those guys, then they actually they don't deserve to be where they are. Yeah. Jim, um, I think if you were playing division... Sunday, Tony, that's what I'd expect. No. <laughs> if you were playing, I'd, that's what I'd, I'd expect. If you I'd were love playing. to occupy all what 11 positions, Jim. I'd run around, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I think, I think, I mean, the only point, the only point I'm trying to make is that from, from, a, from, from, a, from, a, from a fan's point of view, I totally endorse everything Tony just said there. Mm-hmm. But it's not fans that are playing. It's not Bertie no, Old and Bobby Murdoch and no, Billy Mignon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not them. Or Roy Aitken or Tommy Burns. It's not them. It's guys who <clears throat> are desperate to leave, who couldn't care less who won and uh, who went through a season unbeaten. Not interested in that. Why would they be? We've only got two or three players who are bored about that. So they, are, they must be the first names in the team sheet on Saturday, Sunday to get the kind of performance that you said. You used the word hunger there, which is a really, really good word. And the point you made, Laura, about when three goals up, when you're three goals up against anyone, you're desperate to do more score goals because you're playing with confidence and you've got momentum. And that's what the other team have got on Sunday. We don't have confidence. We don't have momentum. They do. Yeah. My concern is we go out and get a bit of a doing in Sunday, which should be another death by a thousand cuts, which is 38 minutes from this week's bingo. Oh, 38 minutes. That's a record. As long as it's been. If we get, if we get out of Sunday without getting a doing, that'd be, that'd be really good. 
Uh, because oh, I just, yeah, all I'm doing is ranting today. Apologies for ranting today. <laughs> I'm rant. That's all right, Jim. No, I was going to come to you anyway about um, Joy Division uh, 61 on Twitter. Uh, thanks for commenting. Has said Griffiths up front with Turnbull, Sorrow and Brown in the middle. Now, we've talked about Griffiths and how he'd be our preferred Joy's up front. But the implication there from what Joy Division is saying is potentially no place for Callum McGregor. What are your thoughts on that? Me? Uh, yes, see, sir. my play would be, uh, I would go for Bain and goals. Uh, I like, I like Barkas to play, but this is too big a game to bring him back in. Uh, forget Kenny, so we put Ayer, either Ayer or Welsh to right back, bring on Beaton, he play at centre-half. I think that's maybe why he was involved in the Aberdeen game. Uh, I'd go the Diamond, I'd go Sorrow, hopefully Forrest, McGregor, Turnbull, and I'd go a Griff and a Yeti up front. And if Forrest doesn't make it, I'd play Dumbelli. Uh, just kind of go for it. Keep the guys who are not going to be here out of the team. Scott Brown's not going to be here. Don't play him. No Ellen Nussie, no Laxer, no Kenny, no, no Duffy. Anyone else have missed out? Uh, that's the team I would go with on Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with that. But just, just on the Callum McGregor thing again, so you th- you think you know there's still a place for him in the team? There's not a, oh, an course, argument to say course, he could be rested? No argument at all. Callum has to play, yeah. Um, I'd love Tony, to see what... as well. I'd love to see me down belly. I mean, just yeah. remember Martin O'Neill unleashed Sean Maloney the three 0 game when Maravchik uh, scored twice and Larson got his fiftieth, and everybody was like, "Who's this wee guy?" Pocket Rocket and Maloney came on, and I think he missed a sitter actually. And, and Martin O'Neill said in the uh, the after match that he was really despondent in the dressing room because he puts them away for fun and the training and stuff, and he was really annoyed that he, he didn't score. So I, I would. Uh, Nothing to lose. And the likes of Dembele is a, a player that would entertain and would get you going forward, you know. And, and I, I, I'm with Jim on that one. You know, I, I think if you, if you went with a team like that, then that would at least show that you're trying to win. But you're not yeah. trying to avoid defeat, if you get what I mean. There's one and two different things here, you know. I want a team that's going to show me that they're trying to win or, or certainly a formation that shows they're trying to win and not, as Jim says, try and come out was it going to do in a, or a nil-nil and hold what you've got? Because I've watched Rangers the past couple of times as well and I think they're there for the taking because I think they've done the hard bit by winning the league and a lot of them are kind of, you know, oh, right, great. And they were up for it as much at the Ibrox game in the Cup as, as much as they got their noses in front early and never really looked like they were going to lose it. But they weren't brilliant, but they, yeah. they had enough in their armoury to keep Celtic at arm's length and at bay. So I want to see something a bit different from Celtic. I think, they have, I think they have more players that I would categorise as um, sort of uh, of a, a high quality throughout the team. You know, I think we, in, in this season especially, have been trying to rely too much on certain individuals. But when you look through the Rangers team, you know, They've got Arebo, they've got Barisic, they've got Patterson, they've got McGregor in goals. You know, they've got a, they've got a few players who are a, a cut above a lot of the rest of the league, and that has been a major factor for them. Um, on the Dembele thing, Tony, I'll come back to you on that. Any time I've seen him, I've been impressed. Any time I've I've watched him, I've been out my seat, excited to see what he's going to do. What do you think it is that's held him back from getting in or what do you think it is that the Celtic coaching staff are reluctant to put him in? Because he, he must be of an age now where he should be breaking into the first team, you would think. He looks like an entertainer, doesn't he? First and foremost. Yeah. 
you know, and, and when he gets the ball, he's just a throwback to a wee, a wee Celtic winger, you know what I mean? So you just sort of think, right, go on, shows what you've got, and you're willing to do well and the nice tricks and flicks and back to skill. And I always get back to it and say, you know, you the Celtic coaching team watch these guys in training every day, and the boy looks as if he's got natural ability. So if he's got natural ability and enthusiasm, what is it that's lacking? Is it an attitude thing? And if that's the case, then they should be telling you, you know, the management team should be saying, look, the reason he's no broke into the team is X, Y, Z. But 10 minutes here and 15-minute cameos there, you know, he always leaves you wanting more, than Billy. You always <laughs> want me more. So, I, uh, I, you know, I, I think, what a stage. Go and say to him, look, you want to make your name and your mark? Go out there and enjoy yourself. And tell him he's playing the whole game. Tell him to go and do something, you know, and, and, and be remembered. And, you know, I, if it's an attitude thing, then, you know, it's it's another one of those kind of players that, you know, people say Islam Farouz. And then remember when Roger signs at Charlie Masonda? Yeah. You know, and and he was meant to be the next big thing. And, and you know, I don't even, I think he played one good game in a European tie, set up a goal. And that was it. That was your lot. And, you know, so what's the problem with these guys? What is the problem here? You know, because there, there clearly is, because there seems to have been uh, a production line of them, but not enough making the first team for whatever reason. Yet when you've when you've witnessed them in action, they, they look like gifted footballers. Jim, what's your thoughts on that? It seems to be a there seems to be a barrier even when as as Celtic supporters, you know, we are limited in what we see of Dembele, but what we do see would suggest that you know more chances should have been afforded to him before now. Do you think that there's got to be something behind the scenes, surely, that stopped him? You know, you're talking about a player who made his debut for the first team, what, two seasons ago now? And, he, and he's still not in the in the team. What do you think's behind that? I think he's been unfortunate. I think if we'd have played out last season, we'd have won the league by end of March and had maybe half a dozen games that didn't mean anything. And I think that would have been games maybe played Dembele, Patrick Clamalla, and these kind of guys, give them a chance to show what they can do. Once we get into the 10 in a row season, what was going to be the 10 in a row season, every game is vital. I can understand. I mean, we've got a huge squad. <laughs> you know, it's not as if we've only got 11 players and he's a, he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's the next one. With a huge squad, so you have to give you know, as, as many players as possible a game. Most of the games we played this season, but in the early part of the season, were very, very tight. So you're going to chuck on a young guy in a tight game. So I can understand Neil Lennon not doing that. But I think once the league was over, I think that was the time we started to give him some games. Uh, he's an entertainer, as you said, Tony, and we all love to see entertainers playing. Uh, I just thought the early part of the season, maybe the games were, were, were just too vital to risk throwing him in because maybe he wouldn't track back. You know, in, in this day and age, it's not just about going forward, it's about we do coming back. And maybe if you look at Sunday's game, I mean, he would have to make sure that the guy's against that he, that he tracks back and he stops him putting crosses in, etc. Would you would you totally trust him to do that? I'm not so sure you would. So you know, so I think he's been unfortunate. Uh, I think maybe the season before last maybe was the time because he, he was was he not in the cup final squad two seasons ago? I think was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think if we did, maybe I mean because because the start of the foreign season, you know, I think we beat St. Was it? Was that the season that we beat St. Johnson 7-0 at the start of the season? I'm, I'm losing track of seasons these days. I thought that we, that, we, that we started winning games by a lot of goals. 
And once we started doing that, that was the time to give them a half an hour here, 20 minutes there. And we didn't yeah. do that then. And then all of a sudden we're in the big season. And maybe it's a bit too vital. Maybe these games are a bit too vital to play them. So maybe that's what's behind it. It can work both ways as well. It could have been a wee spark, you know, a positive. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. During yeah. the time when nothing was happening and we weren't getting results, I'm just playing devil's advocate in that one, not saying that there's a right or a wrong here. But, you know, you, we'll never know because he was never given a chance. But somebody like him, mm-hmm. you know, could have could have brought something to the team, you know, give, offered something different. Could have created, could have got the goals when they were struggling for, you know, creative playing goals up front and, and in games. You know, so I, 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 I just know that if you're a Celtic supporter, you, you've wanted to see more of them uh, mm. up until now, Laura, as you've said, you know. Uh, yeah. And you can't, there is, there's a root cause to that and it's frustrating that w- the supporters don't know why because every time they've witnessed him in action, he's looked like a bright spark. Yeah. I think you're right, Tony, in terms of you, in terms of when you, you use the word spark there, I think maybe you just, now we've thought about it for the last ten seconds that maybe when Forrest get injured, maybe that was the time. Yeah, and give him a game because because he's the guy yeah. we've missed. And if you look, it's, a, it's a like yeah. for like kind of for me, maybe yes. with that you know like, sort yeah. of yeah. you know. Um, Jonathan Doug on uh, YouTube has commented: Tony's Doug is a Jers fan. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not what, sure about that, but we'll see. What one of the three Dougs? <laughs> I'll I'll leave that up to you to comment on, but I'm um, just talking about Dembele and talking about you know we've we've now this is going to be the third game against against Steven Gerrard's team in the you know the recent recent times. Tony, I think Dembele what he would provide for me is a bit of unpredictability. At this point, Steven Gerrard could pick a team with his eyes closed to play against Celtic because we don't seem to change it up. Surely that's reason enough in itself to to give it a go. The unknown package, and as I said, with the instructions, go and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. What Jim says about tracking back and stuff like that, I would say the others in the team, more experienced guys, protect him, look after him at all times, but he has to go and enjoy himself. has to have that freedom to go out and do what he does best when he picks up the ball, he's heading towards the opposition goal. As you say, that unpredictable, unknown quantity might be, again, going back to the word, a spark. Celtic need to maybe triumph on Sunday which is why you would include them because Celtic needs some kind of lift, some kind of, you know, something different and he offers you something different and if, if Lee Griffiths is alongside him as well, if he can get the ball to those two then, you, you'll you'll create again and, and and I think you'll score, you know, so I'm, I'm with you, the, the unpredictability of him and just the fact as well that I, I just want to see him, I just want to see him play a 90 minutes and and let him play against Rangers and see how he copes. Yeah, no, I think also. I think also. If you hear these names in the team, automatically you're dead excited. Yeah, what's going yeah. to happen next? And there's been too many games this season. We haven't been excited about the team yeah. selection, but he would be high risk, and that's why I said I think John Kennedy's risk averse, and that's why. Yeah, however, yeah, however, what I would say is the fact that he featured against Aberdeen and near Beaton featured against Aberdeen. So maybe there's a, there's a chance, maybe that's his thinking. Get some minutes in their legs because he's going to use them on Sunday. So. To, to do hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully yeah. he's thinking like that, yeah. But I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree, yeah. I mean, uh, we've got nothing to lose. No. You know, so... What have you got to do? <laughs> 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 do you see them what they're doing? I don't know. 
I don't know. If you get by I, the I, first I'm, 60 minutes, no. Well, the hesitation there in both these was kind of <laughs> was enough for me. But that's, that's, what, that's what baffles me so much about this, Jim, is we're talking in a situation here where we're reluctant to be too positive because we might get a doing. How have we ended up here from where we were even a year ago? The decline has been absolutely catastrophic. <laughs> I think we've covered all these things in previous podcasts. It would be, uh, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to bore people with over the same sort of stuff. I actually yeah. think Sunday might be, from, from, from their point of view, I mean, this is their last big test to try and keep this unbeaten league run going. So, so maybe they won't be that bored about ending up as a draw. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, if, I think if the shoe was on the other foot, we'd be looking to score a ton of goals like we did a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. But as I said, I think this is, this is their last real test. And maybe they may be cautious. They might think, well, you know, nothing each will do us as well. That keeps the run going. And they'll definitely not lose the last two games they've got. So, so maybe that's in their thinking as well. Is it enough in each doing, Jim? Is it enough in each doing yeah. you get those? <laughs> Backs to the walls, nothing each doing. <laughs> Jim, I'll come to you on the on the James Forrest situation. We've skirted around him, but you know, John Kennedy did say that he's been he's been in training and he's been managing fine this week. Um, the comments, while not outright, did suggest that he might play some part on, on, on Sunday. As you said before, we are in desperate need of him back, aren't we, to, to at least challenge their fullbacks and, and, and give them something else to think about. He, he really has been a breath of fresh air since we've seen him come back into the team. Tony James said the word sorry. spark, and that's what James Forrest gives you. Mm-hmm. Tony said the word spark, and that's what James Forrest gives you. He gives you the spark. And I think they've got a couple of players, two or three players, that gives them the spark, which, which kind of makes the difference. So we've missed them terribly this season. And, you know, there isn't a day that goes by that everyone thinks, well, what if, what if he'd have played? What if we'd have signed him? What if that game had went there? What if that chance had been taken? He said, so that's why I'm keen for this season to be over, so we can stop saying, what if? And what if, and what if. But James Forrest, I think there's a lot of fans don't fancy him, but I think this season has shown that we're a far, far poorer team without James Forrest in the team. And what would be ideal is if we could find a, a James Forrest to play in the left wing. That would be ideal for next season to have a bit of balance so we can do down either wing. And we'll be missing that, that left-sided James Forrest type player for a long while now. So yeah. hopefully that's something we can sort out for next season. Hopefully Eddie can sort that out for next season. <laughs> so, so Mikey Johnson's not your answer to that particular query. <laughs> At the moment, I don't think so. Uh, uh, there must be players out there we can get. Must be players out there who can, who mm-hmm. can do a job. Mm-hmm. Eddie Howe's on the case, Jim. Good man, Tony. Good. <laughs> Tony, um, I've heard a lot of people say throughout this pandemic that uh, they'll never take for granted somebody asking them to go for a drink or meeting up to go to the cinema or anything like that because we've not been able to do it. I think myself included, there are a lot of Celtic fans that have taken James Forrest for granted over the years and, and haven't been without him this season. I don't think they're going to do that again. He's one player that polarises opinion, isn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, when he's in the team, he, he still gets, you know, he still gets his fair amount of catcalls and boos and shuriken when, he, when he's not at the top of his game. But, I think this season proves a Celtic team without James Forrest in it is not functioning at a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, and and you can argue that all you want. His medal hall will tell you that he's one of the most incredible decorated Celtic players of all time, and uh, and it shows you what he brings to the team. 
you know, and and Celtic, as Jim says, have missed him terribly so this season. And yeah, you take for granted certain things in life, but I, I think there'll be a, a lot of Celtic supporters kind of pondering and reflecting about maybe the fact that they've dished out a bit of stick to James Forrest in the past, and they'll certainly cut him a lot more slack when he comes back into the team and he proves his worth. Because he is, uh, yeah, he's one of those players that you just, you know, he, he scored so many big, important goals for Celtic. Yeah, if somebody was to pin you down and say, name them, you'd be like, eh. You know, he just seems to kind of go under the radar a wee bit as, a, as, a yeah. Celtic, as an important Celtic player. You know, but he scored in lots of Hamden finals, scored the opening goal in cup finals, Scottish Cup finals, stuff like that. You know, so people... You know, but as if you to pin you down and say, right, name for his most important goals, you'd be like, eh, right, because he's just not genuinely thought of in that bracket as a, a great Celtic player. You know, yeah, I think I think his personality is as much part of that as anything. You know, Scott Brown uh, is a little bit more outspoken in interviews and things like that, and on the pitch, you know. Uh, like presents himself in a certain kind of way against the opposition. James Forrest never really does that, so perhaps that's part of the reason. But um, I'm going to put you on the spot, Jim. I'll come to you first to to close out the the, the Rangers conversation before we move on to the last topic. Your prediction for Sunday? What what are you saying? Um, we'll, we'll go for a for a full score. No, what, no. what are you thinking? No. Nil nil. Back to the wall. No no. <laughs> no no. First goal scored on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tony? Are you are you going as conservative as that, or are you going a bit more, no, bit more no, out there? No, I'm going to take a, a two 0 win. Griffiths really. I'll go halfway between and say two one then. In that case, but Griffiths and Dembele, I would take all day. That would be excellent. Um. So. Obviously, on Celtic State of Mind, we'll be covering the match on Sunday. As always, we have been covering every match this season. We'll be uh, striving to do that next season, even when we are back in the stadiums in some form or other. Um, So make sure and tune in for that on Sunday for the uh, pre-mid and post-match coverage. Obviously, you won't see Jim because he's a lot more sensible than that. Uh, (laughs) Far too raw. Far too raw. Um, but the last yeah. last topic of the day I wanted to come on to was um, the last week or so there seems to be a lot more um, movement around the scenes there seems to be a lot more uh, Fergal Harkin's name has been uh, distanced from things uh, Richard Hughes seems to be a lot more in the frame for coming in for some sort of um, sort of directed football post or something along those lines um, I have to say Tony coming to you first on it it's all a bit confusing to me because that has all come to the fore at the same time as these rumours about about John Kennedy potentially getting a sporting director's role. It smacks to me a little bit about going back to what we talked about at the start of the pod about a lack of a plan. Do you, do you think that these are all just rumours that happen to be banging into each other or do you think it is an indication of what's going on behind the scenes at the club that it's all kind of sixes and sevens? I've said before, I think a lot of that's rumour and paper talk. You know, so and I know a bit about that. So, you know, so it's uh, yeah, it's never, never, never a bad rumor. Let's put it that way. <laughs> in, in, in newspaper circles, there's never a bad rumor. So, you know, but uh, I think, and I said the other day on a Monday that I'd like to think that I'm giving the board the benefit of the doubt, and there is some sort of planning and structure going on, and 
you know, every day Eddie Howe edges inches closer to taking over this job without actually taking it. And until there's a picture of him with a scarf above the head at the ground, then people won't believe it. But I just think Celtic have come so far with us now that it would be utterly catastrophic if it's not Eddie Howe, because you would be left scrambling in the dark. So, and I keep going back to the the two main protagonists in all of this, Eddie Howe and Celtic board members haven't spoken about it. So it leads me to believe that there's something concrete there, because you would come out and deny it if you're Eddie Howe, wouldn't you? If you were wanting a job down You would think so, yeah, yeah. Level, you, know, or, you know, so, and uh, the likes of Richard Hughes, Fergal Harkin, John Kennedy, I take all that, and I, I just take everything that I read with a pinch of salt, you know, because the truth will out, the truth will come. Eventually, somebody will have to be appointed the manager of Celtic. So, you know, but you, you try and read between the lines, and, and I've been trying to do that all along with this Eddie Howe uh, saga, as it's probably now becoming. And I think Celtic are quite confident they've landed a man, and I'm fairly confident that there's been work going on behind the scenes, because as Jim's already said, you probably you don't want associated with this season and the failure of this season. So if you can sort of work remotely at the minute and assess everything, then you're still getting a head start <clears> on where you should be. And I think Celtic have learned possibly from the mistakes of the past, and that's what's happening. I could be wrong, but I'm 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 having an educated guess at that. Jim, I wanted to ask your your opinion on this because I've heard Tony's already. I've expressed my own. Um, there's been a lot of conversation amongst the Celtic support about, you know, whether it's a good thing to to give Eddie Howe everything he wants, whether it's too much power to let him name who the director of football is and who all his backroom staff are, or whether that's actually um a good thing and that will help him, you know provide the success that we want him to provide what are your thoughts on that would you rather he gets everything that he wants or would you rather there was a little less control on his side in that that frame I think because of the time scale of this and how long this has dragged on it's become quite a complicated jigsaw so there's all these different parts you're having to put together you know if we'd have done this six months ago it would have been a bit easier Uh, I think you have to give him what he wants If, if he's the guy you want then you have to give him what he wants I mean what's the how many, how many staff are we talking about? You know, does he want 10 staff and we're only going to give him eight? Well, for another couple of people, who cares? You know, yeah, yeah. Freddie, who's the guy we want? You have to back him. Otherwise, we just repeat the mistakes of the past. Because when Neil Lennon came in, he was told, you're getting him and him. No issue. And then Neil Lennon, because he was more than happy to take the job, said, fine, that's okay. Eddie Howe is an in-demand manager. If you want an Eddie Howe, and you want him to bring success, then you have to give him what he wants. Within reason, I don't think, you know, as I said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but if he wants 10 people uh, and we only want to give him eight, just give him the extra two people. It may not be obviously as, as simple as that, but, yeah. you know, it will pay dividends further down the line, I think. So give him his plethora of staff. Just give him it. <laughs> well, I'll, clo- I'll close out the show by saying what I've said, I think, for about the past six weeks. You never know. We might be talking about an announcement this time next week. I highly <laughs> doubt it the way things have gone, but w- we'll see. Thanks, everybody, for uh, getting involved in the comments. Um, apologies that we didn't get to as many of them today. Um, I will endeavour to do that more in the future but there was a lot to talk about um, 
sorry, just one comment I wanted to come to there. Uh, no mention of David Cox for anybody who uh, that was from Mark on, on YouTube. For anybody who didn't see, obviously the Albion Rovers player uh, David Cox was allegedly subjected to some pretty serious uh, abuse regarding his mental health. And I think it goes without saying that uh, everybody at a Celtic state of mind uh, is with him and his um, his determination to come out against uh, people who would speak out against that type of thing. We we made it clear when we talked about about Neil Lennon a few weeks ago that that uh, abuse of somebody suffering mental health issues uh, is not to be tolerated. And I think uh, any investigation that um, comes, that hopefully the the appropriate parties will be suitably punished for what what happened there. And hopefully David Cox will will find a place in football, um, regardless of his, his obvious um, hurt and upset um, after the game yesterday. So just wanted to say that just at the end there um, for anybody thinking that we were skirting around the subject. But uh, as I said, uh, Celtic Rangers game on Sunday. We will be back for the coverage of that. Thanks everybody for tuning in today. This has been a Celtic State of Mind. Thanks very much. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. As the number one audio company, Gives you access to all every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.